if there's nothing else you take away from this episode, yeah. it's life-changing. Incognito yeah. browser. I also think that's why I got to fly first class for so cheap. bonjour hello and welcome back to under our roof the podcast with no rhyme no reason every season and we are on our third season we are my name is brandy melville what no is her name brandy what's the housewife's name is brandy melville a housewife no that is a clothing (laughs) store i don't know her last name i just knew i was off Brandy from The Housewives. Who's also now on The Traitors, which we've recently started watching and been into. There is, as far as we can tell, no queer content in it, except, and I know this is problematic, but I'm just going to say it. They haven't talked about it, but some people do seem gay on the show. Wait, Grace, why is that problematic? Well, I don't want to assume anything about people, but there are a few contestants on the show Traitors streaming now on Peacock. Not that they would sponsor us, their (laughs) loss, because I would love to hype up this show. It's very fun. There are some contestants on Traders that seem gay. Well, the host, Alan Cumming, is gay. I think it's Cummings. Or is it one Cumming? It's probably a bit bit of both, depending on how you meet him in life. Okay, well, he's not straight, No, not at all. He just referred to himself as a less butch Agatha Christie in the episode that we watch. That feels like queer content. It is a little bit queer content. Also, some of the contestants are definitely gay. Definitely queer. problematic to say that. Honestly, I don't know. And maybe I can say this because I know that people have this with me as well. Like, I, I definitely know that people do this with me. There are a few contestants where I'm like, what are your pronouns? Yeah. <laughs> I kind of wish that they would put that in your little header or footer thing. I know. I feel like when they you come should. on the screen. I feel like just a little sub that. thing. Be like Chandler. This is not a real name. Like Chandler, Wisconsin engineer. Uh, he they like in the thing <laughs> like that would just be helpful. Because when you are rooting for people on the show, which we are, I just want to be respectful of the contestants that I am assuming to be. I don't know this because they don't talk. It doesn't come up. It's not that type of a show. It's, you know, it's a game show for money. So I don't know how. But there are a few where I'm like, who are you? Yeah. (laughs) We have questions. Tell us more. Matter of fact, where's everybody from? Matter of fact, where's everybody from? So there is sort of queer adjacent content but in general it's just a really fun show we have been looking for things to watch and we wanted to watch the new or the finale of the l word season three tonight Breathing, fighting, fucking crying. we wanted to have that prepared for you for this episode because we know that we were a little spicy in the last one we were and we got some feedback maybe we we'll share that like on the next episode once we've seen the finale but in true L word Gen Q fashion, every single episode this season has been on a Thursday. Tonight they said, fuck you. It's going to be on <laughs> Friday. And so it's not available tonight. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Even yeah. though every, th- it's always out on Thursday. They said, did you make plans for this? Hope not. <laughs> because it's not streaming at the same time. <laughs> or Is the this- same day. Or the same day. Is this maybe the last episode ever of this iconic show? Too bad. Sucks to suck. We will never see you. I think maybe they know that is so gay, though. I I kind of it's kind of camp. I appreciate that, though. It's so extra to be like our final finale 
blink and you miss it. Where in the world is Carmen Sandiego? We don't know. God, if you're Gen Z, you probably don't even know where in the world is Carmen Sandiego. Yeah. It's okay. We never found her. And we didn't know why she was hiding. Government operative? I didn't ask those types of questions when I was a kid. I only have vague memories of Carmen Sandiego. Well, that's the point. Was there a she game? She was always hiding. Yeah. Yeah, I remember playing the and game. And you'd have to guess where in the world and you'd like learn about the world. Yeah, I do remember that. It was, it was nice. It was, was a good nice. way of learning geography. And honestly, like, maybe she is Comrade San Diego. Like, we don't know. Honestly, I she I was would... hiding from someone. Yeah, <laughs> like, I believe it. What was she up to? Wow. Batty. Okay. There's definitely going to be a Carmen San Diego remake. They tried so. to. Oh, they heard it. But tried. I don't remember what happened with it. So maybe mm-hmm. it was a huge hit and maybe they're, the kids of Gen Z listening are like, shut up. We know Carmen San Diego. I don't know. Yeah. I can't remember. Okay. So this episode is not going to be about really any of those things. We did a queer content episode last time. So if you haven't listened to that one last week, you can. Um, but for this one, we want to talk about something totally different that was actually inspired by a Martha Stewart Instagram post. Mm-hmm. So I randomly on a whim just saw this thing that Martha Stewart had posted. Okay, randomly on a whim. You what? are a Martha Stewart fan. I love Martha Stewart. Yeah. yeah, it's not randomly on a whim. You're like checking for her content. No, but I it was on a whim that I like shared reshared it, I guess I okay. was just kind of like, Oh, this You're is like, fun. maybe you don't want to give her that clout. No, I just don't. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I, I guess what I mean to say is I, I didn't think much of it when I reshared a post that she had posted, Mm -hmm. which was kitchen skills to master before you turn 30. And she has a list of different, she has like an infographic with different things. Mm -hmm. And I really agreed with all of them. So that's why I was like, oh yeah, she's so right. Although I said not before you turn 30 necessarily, because you can do anything at any age. Like who cares about that part? But just that those are good skills to have. And a lot of people messaged me, like a ton of people were like, oh, I know how to do some of these, but not all of them. Or some people were like, I don't know how to do any of them, which is totally fair. And then one of my friends had the idea, this could be good for a podcast episode. Like you say what your skills that you need to know are. Mm -hmm. And I had this idea that we should broaden it to just be kind of like life skills in general, because Grace doesn't really cook, so it wouldn't make that much sense. (laughs) Grace... Doesn't have skills. No, but you have started cooking more recently. That's true. I mean, basic meals. Yeah. So basic meals. The theme is like five starter pack skills that we think are important. I want to loosen the term skills, though, because I know what my list is and I wouldn't say that they're skills. Some of mine aren't like strictly skills. Yeah. uh, It's a list of tips and tricks. Yeah. Tips and tricks. It doesn't need to be a skill. Okay. Fair. Lizzie's will so, probably be more skill-based because she has more skills. Well, let's say what Martha's were. Okay. So Martha said, you should know how to make a vinaigrette, know how to frost a cake, how to make pie crust, how to make the perfect cocktail, and how to clean a cast iron skillet. I really agree with all of these, and I would say I generally know how to do all these really well. The only thing that I'm a little more shaky on is how to frost a cake. That's really tough. And I'm not that much of a cake baker. There's a lot of other desserts I'd rather make. Mm-hmm. So it just doesn't come up that much. The but tools for cake I know. Yeah. You kind of have to invest. Specific. The other ones, you don't need to invest in so many tools. I guess you need a cast iron skillet to be able mm-hmm. to clean one. But I love watching cake icing talk, though. Yeah, I, love I know. I watching videos. I know, I know that it is a, a great skill to have. Like, I like observing it but i i definitely can frost a cake i think that there's two keys one you have to make sure the cake has totally cooled i think that's a big issue as people try to frost it when it's still like a little bit warm because you're impatient but that doesn't really work well and then the other thing is you have to um do two layers you have to do like a crumb layer where there's gonna be crumbs and stuff sticking out and Mm. then frost it again 
Mm, I didn't know that. Yeah, but I'm definitely not an expert. The other ones I would say I'm pretty much an expert in, actually. That's true. You make a great pie crust from scratch. Mm -hmm. Vinaigrettes, and I would extend it to salad dressings as well. Yeah. Perfect cocktail. Yeah, some of my favorite cocktails ever. Not even from a bar, just from you and your mind. Thank you. And how to clean a cast iron skillet. I don't know how to do that. And I always see that the cast iron skillet is clean. So (laughs) that someone's doing it. And it certainly isn't Bean or Bunny. So there you go. I think these are totally subjective. I I just thought it was an interesting bunch of things that Martha selected. They're all pretty different. I guess Mm -hmm. pie crust and cake are both dessert related, although you can use a pie crust for a savory savory pie. pie. That's usually what I'm using it for more than sweet. Um, but anyway, I just thought it was fun to think about, like, what skills do you think are tips and tricks are important to you? So let's hear them. All right. So my first one. <laughs> You're, you spring right up. All right. I'm ready. <laughs> I'm ready. Okay. Let's go one by one. Let's okay. not do all at once. Okay. So my first one is the only one that I copied from Martha, which is to make a good vinaigrette. And I extend it to just sauces, mm. like knowing how to make a good dressing or sauce is so important because that's really like the flavor of the meal oftentimes of uh, marinade whatever it is but kind of knowing you can follow a recipe there's Mm -hmm. nothing wrong with that but just knowing how to like mix it well and make sure that it's tasting right i think is just elevates food so so much a good sauce can just carry you over the finish line yeah i was thinking of this is not a boring meal by any means but the other night we had was it just steak potato and salad right just pretty normal mm-hmm. dinner, pretty yeah. standard dinner. But what really took it over the edge for me, why it was just very exciting, was this aioli type sauce that you made mm-hmm. that was really good. It went with the potatoes, it went with the steak, mm-hmm. and it just made every bite pop that much more and totally from scratch. Yeah, it was. It was really good. And I remember one year for my birthday, I wanted Chick-fil-A, but without the bigotry. And so mm-hmm. you made... Like Chick Fil A style, I do remember that chicken, and then you made the sauce, mm-hmm. and I think I had like some friends over, and I remember Zach was like trying to pick out which was if there was like a real mm-hmm. one. I yeah, was like, no, there's no real sauce. Yeah, there's some. If you just Google like Chick Fil A copy, dupes. just yeah, some dupes. If you just Google Chick Fil A copycat <laughs> sauce, <laughs> then. Now, remember, mine are not uh, skills as as much as Lizzie's are. I wrote, find a tailor that you like and trust. Oh, that's a great one. That's a good you one. You want to talk about that? Game-changing, life-affirming, find a tailor that knows you, has a sense of your style, that you can bring pretty much any garment to, whether it is thrifted or it's new from online or maybe you shop at a mall. Um, I don't know if people do that. It's always weird whenever I go to a mall and people are just bopping around. That feels <laughs> like NPC behavior, but it's <laughs> but it's okay. I, I've done it as well, I guess. It just feels kind of like a zombie apocalypse last time I went to a mall. just We're just walking around shopping. Feels weird. Anyway, find a tailor that you like and that you trust And I have found one and I love this tailor so much. I've worked with a few different people there and 
all of them really get me and have given me favorable fittings and stuff and helped me out with garments and also been very honest with me about certain requests that I have. But they let me dream big if I'm like, okay, I want to like take this in, but I want this thing to go longer. And if it's like a vintage garment, they'll tell me that's maybe too much stress on the garment. I also one time asked my tailor if he was mad at me because I was just being weird. And he was like, no. And he started laughing. And I feel like after we did that, <laughs> there's like nothing we can't accomplish together. <laughs> yeah. You know, you love asking people if they're mad at it's you. Like, in I, like professional, in settings. a professional setting. I was like, are you mad at me? And he was like, no. <laughs> but once we crossed the threshold, I was like, here we are. Like we are friends now. I can <laughs> talk to you about anything. I trust you like I trusted my top surgeon. Like, we're going to get through life together. Slice my clothes up. Slice my clothes up. Absolutely (laughs) do not slice me. (laughs) Here's the thing. You can get pants taken in and Mm -hmm. you can get pants taken out. Did you know that? If they're well-made um, pants. If yeah. They're, if they're cheap like pants. Like slightly. Yeah, like ASOS type clothing, probably no, you can't get them taken out. Mm-hmm. But here's something. If you like your pair of pants, but maybe your size has changed a little bit, but you really like that pair of pants, if it's a solid garment, chances are you can get that taken out. That can that could be helpful for you for fitting purposes if you mm-hmm. don't – because I know buying pants is super stressful. So just something to look into. I would recommend finding a tailor that you can ask if they're mad at you. And then have a good laugh. I was listening to a podcast and I wish I could remember. I feel so bad. I can't remember which one it was. But it was something about like the evolution of fashion mm-hmm. in the United States. And oh, I think it might have been You're Wrong About. Oh, episode of You're Wrong About. But they were talking about how like mass produced fashion is such a relatively new concept. And most clothes used to be basically made to order because mm. you would make them for a specific person. And that actually in the advent of the modern age basically like no one's clothing actually fits them. It's either like oversized or it doesn't really fit right because if people don't get things tailored, it's just not like everybody is totally unique. So the idea that like a standard size would fit people. I mean, there's obviously exceptions like a stretchy t-shirt that kind of like hugs you, but Mm -hmm. it stretches so it can fit a variety of sizes. Like that's one thing, but like a nice collared structured shirt, like things like that. They most likely don't actually fit you quite right, but we're so used to seeing clothing that isn't like tailor made. So it's very special when you actually do take the effort to get things tailored. You can also, something really cool is that you can have tailors and seamstresses make something too, like from scratch. That I didn't know. Yeah. And that's really cool. Like having. I can bring them a piece of fabric. uh, Yeah, totally. Oh my gosh. Yeah, you can. Oh my gosh. This is going to open up a whole new thing. I can't wait to bring them a piece of fabric. Yeah, you can bring, you can, I mean, to be like, I want this like thin patterned fabric to be like a structured pair of pants. Like they might not be able to make nothing out of something, something out of nothing. But if you have like a good, like a silk fabric and you want like a silk shirt, they should be able to do that kind of thing. Wow. Yeah. I wonder if they've never extended this service to me before because they (laughs) knew how powerful (laughs) I mean, you should make sure like not every tailor will do every service, but in general, people can, it's not like if you're trained in sewing and Mm -hmm. making garments, then it's, it's what you're trained to do. It's not like rocket science. Well, feels a lot like rocket science to me. I agree. For me, it would be, but for people that know what they're doing, that have that as one of their top life skills, Mm -hmm. which I don't, but maybe I should. Okay. The next thing that I'm going to say, and I actually got a couple questions about this recently, so maybe I'll do a more in-depth discussion on a future episode, 
is I think it is a very important life skill to know how to plan out your meals for the week. I mean, it could be for a shorter or longer length of time, but a week usually makes sense for me and to grocery shop effectively for that plan. So I don't actually meal prep very much. I feel like I see a lot of meal prep on TikTok and other social media people talking about their meal prep. And I think for some things it could make sense for me, like prepping, like making a batch of rice because rice reheats really well, things like that. But I don't like prep out. I don't cook a bunch of chicken and veggies and like split it into dishes or anything. Like I tend to make things that day if I'm going to eat them or I have leftovers. We actually had really good leftovers for dinner tonight. I don't meal prep really, but I meal plan. So I have a sense like, okay, how many nights are we going to be home this week? If we know we have one or two nights out, then I'll take those off. But let's say like, I know we're home for four dinners. So I'll plan out, okay, I need four dinners. And those could be leftovers. Like if there's one thing that I'm making that I know makes a ton of food, then I'll be like, okay, that'll be two nights. And I don't usually plan out like, this will be on Monday night, this will be on Tuesday night, this will be on Thursday. But if I buy fresh seafood, then I usually cook that first and then kind of just go from there for what's going to take the right amount of time and what sounds good. But anyway, I just think writing an effective grocery list so I like partition out different areas of the grocery store just to make it really effective rather than having like one long list where I'm zigzagging across the store because I realized there was something in another section I forgot to get. And I just think that makes life really streamlined because I heard someone say this once and it's so true that the thing about being an adult that you don't realize is going to take up so much of your time is like getting and preparing food. Mm -hmm. Like whether you you cook or not, if you don't cook, then you're probably going to spend a lot of time and or money like going out or ordering stuff, like whatever you have to eat, obviously. So my next life skill is find a hobby or something that you do that is purely for your enjoyment. Yes. Just something fun for you. Something fun. Very much agree. I think that can include being a pet owner. I think that can be a hobby. I I agree. I actually think that my pets are kind of my primary hobby in some ways. And of course, like, I don't think of them as like, you're just my little hobby and like, you're my, you're at my whim and whimsy. Mm -hmm. Like, no, they're living beings. And obviously, I treat them with love and respect. But when people talk about like hobby, you know, when you're at work and somebody's like, what are your hobbies? I totally say my dogs, like hanging out with my dogs, doing stuff for them, taking care of them. And it's so fulfilling to me. A friend of ours recently, I think like within the past five years has just been like, my hobby is television viewing. Like she yeah. just loves consuming television and is good at it. Yes. And like, she always is like up to date on really, things. She has great conversation starters about what shows people are totally. watching. And I think that's an extremely valid hobby. Like exactly, yeah. your hobby does not have to be like making ceramics from scratch. Although that <laughs> sounds awesome. Right. I think sometimes we overthink just having something in your life that you do that is purely for your enjoyment that doesn't I basically I don't want to totally include like partying in that because I don't really think that's like you're a hobby. Well, like, that to me scratches a different itch a different, of yeah. need, which is like socialization. Totally, and your totally. hobbies could be something social. Like maybe your hobby is like going to workout classes and you have like your buddy that you go or to with. a language class or something. Yeah, but I think it is more about like something doubt. just for you. Yeah. Just for you that makes life, you know, makes the ride that much more fun. 
Mm-hmm. And it, you can have a few different things, and I hope that you find them because I, I think it makes life just a little bit sweeter to have a, a hobby. I totally it's just agree. Just for you, your little treat. Okay, my next skill. This one is not exciting, but it is something that I can say that I am pretty much an expert at. <laughs> not to toot my own horn, but mm-hmm. I think being able to write a good, concise business email um, that is a super clear and like to the point way of communicating Mm -hmm. for most people is essential even if it's not something that you need for your job like being able to email the person who's like preparing your taxes being able to email a business that you need to do a rental from or whatever it is i mean in some contexts it's less important to come off a certain way because it doesn't really the person is you're never going to talk to them again but i think for me Obviously, I'm a lawyer and I send emails that are important like all day long. I have gotten really good at email and that's something that I am actually very, very confident in. And like oftentimes when Grace has to send an important oh, email. Yeah. I, w- I was going to chime in, but you go. Yeah, like I'll finesse Grace's emails <laughs> and I'm just like good at email, I yeah. think. And there's kind of like cliche things that people will talk about, like don't use exclamation points. I actually think that's not so important. Like I'll use an exclamation point in a business email. If it's someone that I know well, if it's like a client that I work with all the time, it's like, hey, like if you can get me feedback on this, I'd appreciate it. Thanks, exclamation point. Like there's nothing wrong with that at all. In a first email to someone, it's probably out of place, but it's really more about finding something that doesn't sound so constrained and like awkward and more about having flow and having things be easily readable. Like if you need, if you're emailing someone because you need them to do nine things for you, then you better find a way to say that where the eighth and ninth thing is not buried and they actually see everything and read it and it's like effective. I just think effective email communication is very, very important. And what's the other tip that I learned from you about putting things in writing in email like don't write anything oh well this is like a not my tip this is well well known tip like don't ever put something in email that you wouldn't want on in the new york times is that what you're talking about yeah yeah i mean that's always a good guiding light for me like our law firm always says that like i think people have been saying that for a long time but like don't ever put something in writing that you wouldn't want in the new york times if i'm emailing opposing counsel and like they're being horrible and it's just difficult to deal with them you still want to always remember that something that you you send out you have no control once you send it out it could end up anywhere Mm. so any written communication i just always keep it above board but that's what phone calls are for so like if i'm talking to one of my fellow associates at my law firm and we like need to bitch about something I go see them if I'm in the office or I pick up the phone. I do not put it in writing. So that's important too. You are very good at email and I feel fortunate to have access to that skill because something (laughs) I notice about my email is I come across as so timid in ways that I don't need to be. And and watching your edits, it's actually very empowering because it's things like, hey, just checking in and you'll just, you'll take out the just was just wondering if you make it way more assertive. And that's okay, especially when you are following up on things. I saw a TikTok about this that was like, I just want to be like, hey, did you see my shit? Like, did you? Yeah. And honestly, did you catch I, that? Just, I just want to check in. Like, I'm 
Yeah. And I actually think that is way more effective from a business standpoint. And it's way more professional. When I get an email from someone that's like, hey, don't mean to be a bother, but Hope your this, weekend was well. Yeah, it's been like, so crazy. All this stuff. I, it makes me feel more anxious because I feel like they're nervous to be emailing me, which makes me feel like we have a problem. Like, why is someone nervous versus <laughs> versus just straight being straight to the point? Hey, bumping this up to the top of your inbox. If you can get back to me today, I'd appreciate it because x y and z deadline whatever like Mm. it's so it just to me i'd rather have that so much rather than like the timid email it freaks me out when people are like that i wrote develop a skincare routine so good can be as simple as and i'm pretty sure mine is this i exfoliate a few times a week um and then i have vitamin c and sunscreen and which is like also a moisturizer for the day. And mm-hmm. then at night, I wash my face with like a gentle cleanser. I think I have like a retinol thing. Yeah. And then you use um, a retinol. Yeah. And, and then a, a lactic, moisturizer. Do you use the lactic acid thing? I don't know what that is. The good jeans. Oh, yeah. I, I sometimes yeah, use that, that one. That one's good. And then a moisturizer. And I checked with my doctor, who is also my surgeon, and I am just a huge fan of her. And she <laughs> said that this was good. Yeah. And she works in plastic surgery. And she said that's pretty much all you need. So yeah, you don't need to go crazy, but I think most people recommend a retinol. Just a basic skincare routine. Yeah. It helps me also sort of steady my mind before bed and Mm -hmm. I do have trouble sleeping. So anything I can do that just helps splash some water on my face and just like clean myself up a little bit before tucking in helps like ready my mind. Totally. It is time to sleep. I I probably won't listen to it because I don't sleep, but it's a good effort. Okay, my next one is I think that it's super important for me to be able to know how to plan a vacation know what to look for in a hotel or an Airbnb, how to find good affordable flights. I've taught Grace some flight hacks and I can't believe you didn't know about them before. Oh, um, and we might have talked about this before. We might I thought have. I got absolutely held up by these flight websites. Like a shakedown. Yeah, shakedown. That's what it was. It was yeah. Like, it was a stick up. A stick up, yeah. They were really like, they were, they were about to have me pay like over, I think $1,400 or something for a flight to Nashville. And I was like, shoot, like, that's crazy. I guess I got to do it. And then on Lizzie's same, same flight on Lizzie's browser was like 400 Mm -hmm. or something. It was like $1,000 less. It was dramatically It's crazy. Yeah. So uh, I'll keep this brief because it's not the point of the episode, but you have to search for your flights on an incognito browser. That is absolutely vital. If there's nothing else you take away from this episode, (laughs) it's life changing. Incognito browser. I also think that's why I got to fly first class for so cheap. Maybe, yeah. I I can't even imagine going to a flight website on my primary browser. Like, absolutely. I would never. Um, Yeah. Also, the best day of the week to buy flights is on a Tuesday, typically. That's when the prices are best. Um, Anyway, I've just learned a lot about planning travel. I also feel like I can sniff out good vibes from a hotel or an Airbnb. I usually... I'm very pleased with what I book. Very, very rarely am I like, oh, this is not as advertised or something. I just have a spidey sense for like a good place. And also, I think over the years, I've really honed how to 
plan a good mix of like having reservations for things so that you're not scrambling and left without any way anywhere to go for dinner because everywhere's booked, but at the same time, leaving enough unplanned time on a vacation so that you don't feel overscheduled. Mm. So I think learning how to like plan a solid vacation is a one of my skills that makes me the happiest, I think. And something that could be helpful for you, dear listener at home, is just writing out what you love about a vacation, like mm. what is mm-hmm. the most restful and restorative for you when you get time away. And then planning that accordingly, because some people like more activity. We are really in the less activity, good eating, yeah, leisure we, time we type like of to vacation. Veg on vacation, but you might want to do planning into you know hikes or sightseeing or things like that. And I I want to know how you find like wh- what are these keywords that you find such amazing hotels? How is the spidey it's, sense? How did the spidey sense form? I don't totally know. I think I need to like check in with myself and and figure out what I'm actually focusing on because to me it's so second nature that like one little thing one review will Mm. totally eliminate a place for me I base a lot off of reviews and maybe somebody out there is going to say that these aren't legit but I think that TripAdvisor has the best reviews for hotels Yelp is kind of like not great for hotels it's better for Um, dinner or like restaurants. But I think TripAdvisor is great and it works internationally. And I rely heavily on that. Um, And also booking.com. I don't usually book through that, but there's good reviews on there. Mm, It's good to know. So I read a lot of reviews. I got make time to stretch and move. That always helps me to feel better. And when I say like make time, sometimes I will do a stretch while Lizzie and I are talking in the kitchen. Try to just incorporate stretching in your day-to-day life. That's like, I've been big on stretching recently. It makes such a difference to just general posture and feel and uh, kids and you get older, like you develop a tightness, but it really helps when you stretch. Mm -hmm. It really does. When you, gosh, it's so played out. But when you drink water and stretch, your life will change before (laughs) your eyes. (laughs) And and it doesn't need to be like a serious stretch because sometimes you don't have time for even like the five-minute yoga with Adrian. You can just do like the 30-second like stretching your arm against a wall and that will like really relieve some tension. And then once you start doing it, it just becomes more second nature to just kind of to stretch and move yourself a little bit more twisting out, you know, your back here and there, it really can make a giant difference in just how you carry yourself throughout the day. So if that is something that is available to you, I I recommend investing in some stretching and movement when and where you can. I think that's great advice. Okay, I only have one left. I have a bunch left. I wrote a lot. I out. thought we were supposed to each do five. I know, but then I got carried away and none okay. of mine are skills. They're okay. all just tips. <laughs> they are. Yeah. That's okay. I mean, they're kind of skills, but... Okay. Uh, okay, so my last one's kind of random, but it is a skill that I've developed that has helped me in my adult life, which is being able to assess when one of my dogs is sick, what's going on, and how to make them feel better, and whether I actually need to get medical help. So I have been a dog owner on my own. Like I had dogs growing up, but referring to like my dogs as an adult for almost 10 years oh my god next year is the 10th anniversary of us getting casper our first dog that's amazing yeah so i i feel like pretty confident with having dogs like my dogs are so far from perfect i'm not like a dog training expert but just like having sometimes i worry that (laughs) god forbid but also god willing if my 
music is able to achieve a certain degree of recognition that I I do hope it could and that I do feel it could be worthy of. I worry that then that would correlate to people being able to perceive us when we walk the dogs around the neighborhood and then seeing how poorly behaved the dogs are. Yeah, that's (laughs) a really good point. You know, I've thought about that before. Like, I don't really think about and I don't and it does not happen about like getting quote unquote like recognized like that's not really unless it's like literally one of my shows that doesn't happen but what if a song on the new record like pops off and it's like oh my gosh is that fucking semler oh my god what are those rats doing (laughs) (laughs) that would be uh very embarrassing they are but can i just i'll just put this in here they're friendly they're friendly they're just loud and we don't allow them to like run up and bother other people or anything they're always leashed they're always leashed they're just like they bark a lot like they both bark so much and bean is like impossible to get to walk well on a leash and then bunny like doesn't really like going for walks she has three legs she has three legs it's just it's kind of a mess anytime we one is very slow one is kind of always plotting his escape and or overthrow of our neighborhood. Yeah. And that combination is difficult to manage. We do our best. They have their friends in the neighborhood. Our neighbors, I think, like the dogs because they know them. Yeah. But if you didn't and you saw them, you would say, those are some bad rats. <laughs> and you'd be right. Yeah. Those are some misbehaved, gigantic rats. Yeah. But anyway, the the purpose or the point of my skill is that Dogs get sick. Like, if you've ever had a dog, you know, like, they always get sick. There's always something. They eat something they shouldn't eat, whatever. They have a stomach upset. And when I was younger and newer to having dogs, I would get really, really anxious. And also part of that is my our first ever dog died really, really suddenly, like, in my arms in the back of Grace's car speeding to try to find a vet. And that was from, like, a sudden – we think his spleen ruptured, basically, um, out of nowhere – And I think I had, like, a lot of trauma related to that. I felt for a long time, like, that was silly to say I was, like, traumatized by that. But looking back now, it's been, like, half a decade Mm. or more. I'm like, no, I totally was traumatized by that. It was horrible. And ever since then, I always felt like my dogs were dying out of nowhere. Um, So anyway, I've – anytime a dog gets sick, I worry. I've had moments of, like, being threw up and I took him to the emergency vet, which has, like, a $200 emergency fee just to walk in the door and it's so silly. I do have pet insurance. Definitely get pet insurance. They pay for the emergency fee, at least mine does. Um, Anyway, I feel like at this point, though, I can assess my dog's situation. Do they actually need to go to the vet or are they just – having an upset stomach, and I can make a really good chicken and rice and pumpkin meal for them that pretty much like, it's like dog Pepto-Bismol, and it gets them back on track. If they're having an irritated digestive system, which dogs get pretty frequently. Yeah. So by the way, my hot tip for that is make rice, make white rice, make ground chicken by the ground chicken, not a whole chicken, like not like chicken breasts. I used to get chicken breasts and chop them up. Ground chicken so much better. And then put the rice, the chicken, and some water in a food processor and make like a a, like a pulp out of it and put some pumpkin in there and it like stops them right up. <laughs> it works really well. So I think that's like honestly a skill I've totally honed. I, I agree. I agree for sure. Okay, I'll, I'll fly through my list. Okay. Uh, get a haircut and or barber that you like and trust. Very similar to the tailor. It's just worth it. If you are like me and maybe have been wishy-washy on a haircut for 
a long time. For me, it was like just years of like, I don't like my haircut, but I'm not really willing to feels daunting to try and change it at this point. Like you kind of just, I've made this bed, I'm okay to sleep in it, but I don't feel great about it. You are worth thinking about and figuring out a haircut that you like and a barber that you trust, someone you can try new things with, someone who can go at your speed, who you really feel like you can be honest with. That is, I think, a big deterrent in changing a haircut is feeling like you maybe can't be honest with your barber or hairdresser. Okay, this is a this is a big one for me. Figure out your little treat. <laughs> yeah, that's a this really is good one. Huge. I was at the studio the other day and oh my gosh, I can't wait for y'all to hear the new music. I it's need so to stop. Good. I need to stop thinking about it. But <laughs> uh it's great. But we still wanted to have like an ear break. We still wanted to have a break from the noise when you're really working on music for hours and hours and hours. And our buddy who was in the studio with us was like, well, why don't we go to the store and get a little treat? (laughs) And said it just like that. And I was like, yes. (laughs) And I know exactly what I would get at the store. I love having a Kit Kat. Um, You do love a Kit Kat. I love a Kit Kat. I would get boba tea. Mm. Just finding out what is, is there a little treat that can just really change the trajectory of your day? Figuring out what those treats are. And it could be a coffee. Oh my gosh, like a latte for me, some oat milk latte could really, with a nice lavender on there, could really put me over. A nice treat can help you out. I think that's very wise. That can really turn your day around. Also, I need help because I actually gave up caffeine in September. I don't know if I've talked about this on the podcast, but I have not had caffeine. I've had like one or two Diet Cokes. But aside from that, like I haven't had coffee since September. I feel great. I'm really happy I'm off caffeine. It's working really well for me. But I miss like the treat. I miss oh, yeah, the little you treat. you can't have Diet Coke. Well, yeah, even Diet – I mean, Diet Coke is like kind of just a vice. Like I don't really think of it as a treat. It's more like a weird th- – I don't know mm. why I even drink it. I think Diet Coke would qualify as a little treat. Yeah, but I don't really want – I like occasionally I have – Diet Coke now. <laughs> I occasionally have one just because like it's there. Like at work, we always have them in the fridges and stuff. So mm. sometimes I'll have one. But I that's to me like I don't want that because I don't want to drink caffeine. So right. ha- like something that doesn't have – any caffeine. Like a LaCroix is nice. We have LaCroix in the f- work fridges that, too. A LaCroix is not a little treat. It's a, it, no. almost a little treat. It's, but like, I need it. But no cigar. At, when I go to our local coffee shop now, I get a golden latte, which is like a turmeric latte. It doesn't have caffeine in it. Um, but I want like some other little treat. Boba is kind of good because like a lot of boba places have caffeine free options, but I need like a replacement for like that ice latte that just makes mm. your day. I wish we had a bubble place within walking distance. Me too. And uh, another recommendation is donate your clothes regularly. This mostly just means sort through your clothes regularly. Try and do it. I would recommend once a quarter. Can just really help clear space and also help you develop your own personal sense of style. There's probably stuff taking up closet space that you wouldn't wear even if you wanted to. That doesn't make sense. <laughs> even if you had to. <laughs> even or if even you had like to. the only clean thing in your closet. Yeah, you that you it. just wouldn't want it. And so you might as well just kind of clear up that space. I do feel like that can help clear up some mental blockings as well. At least for me, it can be helpful. I totally agree. I talked about this in a recent episode, but I did that recently and it was so nice. It's, I got I got rid of well over half of my clothing. And it was it is a shame that you are not a vlogger for many reasons. Well, it's maybe not a shame, 
because that's a hard lifestyle. Yeah. <laughs> that's a that would be a major adjustment. But if you did have a vlog, that would have been a fascinating one because Lizzie straight up cleared I mean, more than half your closet. Yeah. Like three quarters of your closet is gone. But I hadn't been doing what you were saying to do, which is do quarterly cleanouts. I hadn't cleaned out clothes in like two, three yeah. plus years. And so there's just so much stuff. And I feel like I was saying this on the episode where I talked about it, but like we moved into this house when I was 26 or 27, 20, 26, 26. And I'm 31 now. And like, that's a big change. Like, I think I've changed a ton in that time and like there's just so many not me no change here (laughs) no change yeah so had to get rid of a lot of the old stuff well those are our skills slash tips what was it it was like things that you should know before 30 which i don't you know i don't believe that there needs to be an yeah that's what martha's said i called it a starter pack skills starter pack get your life started (laughs) <laughs> if someone was taking over my life, if like there was going to be someone like possessing my body, what I would the, be like, here's what this. a turn. I'm sorry. Okay, I'm crazy. If someone was possessing your body, but you were able to have a conversation yeah, with them beforehand, I, I would be like, these are five starter pack. Items. You wouldn't mention me. Well, I would. These are skills. Someone's possessing your body, and you wouldn't maybe bring Grace. up the fact that you have a spouse. These are skills. Okay. I guess a skill could be no like things relating to you. Yeah. One of the skills should just be burbs. Burbs. Yeah. That's its whole own manual. Okay. Well, we would be curious to hear about what a starter pack would be for you. Obviously, it doesn't need to be limited to five or it doesn't even need to be up to five. But do you have any tips or tricks for navigating the bizarre minefield that is the human experience? You can always write to us at underourroofpod at gmail.com. Thank you, as always, for listening. Wherever you are listening, we haven't asked for this in a while, but wouldn't it be fun, given how much Lizzie values reviews for hotels? <laughs> hey, give us a review. Rate, review, and subscribe. We're three seasons deep, baby. Uh, let's get those reviews current. I'm always suspicious when I look at a podcast and the last review was from 2020. Like, what happened along we, the way? We have gotten a couple recently, and I, I okay. always read them, and I really appreciate them. Spam our reviews. Yeah. <laughs> Spam the reviews. <laughs> Spam the reviews with something nonsensical. I don't know. If you've listened this far, have fun. Have a blast. But not in a way that would maybe deter new listeners. Like, fun in a, in a, in a, in a like, wholesome way. <laughs> okay. Do All whatever right. you Do whatever fun. you want. I honestly am going to walk to the liquor store now and get my own little treat because talking about it has made my Ooh. mouth start to water. So we will see you next week for a brand new episode of Under, Under Our Roof. Roof.